0: Titus chapter 3, Angie Page. This is is a a short message tonight. (laughs) Or short or, short er. Uh, Last week, as we continued in our study of the book of Titus, we heard Paul explain the importance of good works. Paul told Titus to tell the churches that they were to be submissive to those who ruled over them. And for a reason, that those early Christians could be ready to do a good work. The actual reason for obeying those in authority was that they might have the opportunity to show the love of Christ. Paul then gave a a list of things Christians should do uh, and not do. Uh, The reasons we should do them was that he told us that we would have the power to do what he was asking us as the early church to do. The power came Uh, from everything Jesus had done and continues to do in all of our lives. Tonight, we will hear Paul's final words to Titus. So let's pick up in our reading, Titus chapter 3 and verse 8. Titus 3, verse 8. This saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed God might 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 be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone. Y'all might want to circle everyone. But avoid foolish debates, genealogies, quarrels, disputes about the law, uh, for for they are unprofitable and worthless. Reject the divisive person after a first and second warning. Knowing that such a person is perverted uh, and sins. Being self condemned. When I send Artemis to you or Tychius, make sure, make every effort to come to me in Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter here, there. Diligently help Zenos, the lawyer, and Ap- Apollos on their journey so that they will lack nothing. And, and your people must learn to devote themselves to good works for the cases for urgent need so that they will be. Fruitful. Uh, they will not be unfruitful. All those who are with me greet you. Greet those uh, who, greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with all of you. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for allowing us to come into your house this evening. Now, Lord, I pray that as we open your word, you'll open our minds that we might get a word from you and help us to see ourselves in this scripture. See how it applies to us and how we might be able to take it into our mission fields, Lord. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Now as we consider the scripture we just read tonight, we need to adjust ourselves in the, pop, uh, in the proper direction. At this point in the church, and I, I, I had to make this, it, it's amazing how God had me teach through Titus at the same time we're in the life of Paul and because a lot of things came together, and I made this, this uh, uh, assertion in one of our Wednesday night classes not too long ago, not too long ago, we need to understand where we are. At this point in the church, there are three main religious factions, so to speak. Those three are the Jewish faith, the many pagan cults, and the newly founded Christian faith. The new church is up and coming. Many pagan and Jews are accepting Jesus as their Savior. We have seen some efforts from the cults to slow the new church, but nothing like we have seen from the Jews. The qualities that Paul is telling Titus to preach to the church could be used to to live amongst either uh, of these factions, either of the factions, whether it's the cults or the Jews, but more so with the Jews than with the pagans. The new Jewish converts needed to hear these qualities as well as to practice them. By following Paul's direction, the church could avoid many possible disturbances that could harm the church. We could all do well today and the day that we live to follow these directives as well. I I was just talking uh, with Miss Desi just a little bit ago, and I've made this... I've made this comment from the pulpit from time to time, and, and y'all, y'all need to really understand it. You, you need to, to know what I'm saying is the truth. Miss Tina can tell you. I believe Brother John can tell you. Anybody who has, has come from a, a, a different church in the area or, or other denominations in there, they can tell you the church is not in a healthy state in America. It's not. It, it's It's scary. And a lot of it has to do with what Paul is talking about tonight. It really is. The church, of even Southern Baptist churches, I've got friends that I, they've, they've told me, and Amy is in a pastor's wives group. And just, just so she can you know, talk with ladies and help relate with ladies and, and really help some ladies, y'all would be blown away at some of the prayer requests these women have. Really about how the deacons are running the pastor off and, and the pastor has been asked to do this. And it, 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 it's mind-blowing. I'll, I'll, she'll be sitting there reading from this group and she'll say, you're not going to believe this one. And Courtney, every time I think that I've heard just about everything that is, I mean, it, it can't be topped anymore. Here we go. And it's happening in the church. It's happening in the church. Thank God it's not happening in our church. Amen? Praise God! What what this church has is so special, that might it might end tomorrow. I don't know, but it's just unbelievable what's happening in the church. So what do we see in our scripture tonight? Uh, we first see Paul saying, "This is trustworthy." What saying? He's saying this saying is trustworthy. Well, what what saying, Paul? What, what are you saying? John Phillips says Paul is speaking of the verses we covered last week, not the ones that we just read tonight uh, that, that starts in verse 8. He says that verse 8 is an extension of, is, uh, of verses 1 through 7 and may pertain some to what we just read tonight, but they're meant for last week's verses. Philip says the things on which Paul was referring to are the glorious truths just asserted and the apostle uh, took by the apostle about God's changing us freely, fully, and forever. Well, wh- which things was he talking about last week? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 says this. He says, But when the goodness and love for man appeared from God, uh, our Savior, he saved us not by works of righteousness that we, did, we had alone, but, a, but according to his mercy through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This Spirit he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that having been justified by his grace, grace we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy. So really and truly, we should have stopped there last week instead of using it for this week's message. Now, verse 8 maybe should have been where we started with the the sentence tonight or, or our lesson tonight. It says, I want to insist on these things so that those who have believed God might be careful to devote themselves to good works. These are good and profitable for everyone. So let's, let's stop right here for a second and ask ourselves. Have we accepted the good works or, or the, the, the things that Jesus has given? Yeah, that's us. Have we accepted Jesus as our personal Savior? Yes. Now, am I everyone? Are we everyone? Yeah. Yeah. The, the night that I, I preached, I believe, let's see, from Titus chapter 1, uh, we went out to eat somewhere afterwards and somebody made some little comment and, and Angie and Karen says, well, that didn't apply to us because we're young ladies. Because remember that night we talked to the older men, the older women and the young men? It didn't, didn't you know, he didn't you know, interject towards the young, young women. So they said this doesn't apply to Angie. This applies to you tonight, Gary. Make sure she has a highlighter and a pen back there, okay? This is everyone. Now we've heard Paul. uh, We've we've heard Paul in his letter to Titus telling him to address several different people groups so far. But the night we're hearing Paul saying these issues I am about to discuss is for everyone, and we're everyone. No one is excluded from this list. So take notes for Karen, Angie. So what is it that this list it is so profitable to us all? That we will adhere, if we will adhere to this list, we and the gospel message would prosper and live more fruitfully. Now understand, I didn't stop like some preachers say, now if you'll just adhere to this list, you'll be more prosperous. Don't take that out of context. Well, if I do these things, listen, I'm going to have a bank full of money. That's not what this scripture saying. It's you will be more fruitful. What, what do you mean more fruitful? More spiritually fruitful. You see, when you look at your spiritual fruits, it's not, it's, it's being used by you, but it's being used for the Lord. Amen? So, what, what will help us to be more fruitful? Why are they profitable? Paul says, so that who have believed God might carefully be to devote themselves to good works so what are these things if we'll pay attention to them if we'll apply them to them we'll be more fruitful after all the church should want to be more fruitful right listen i I, i've I've given y'all a pat on the back and, and it's well deserved we're a church that's in fairly good health amen when was the last squabble we've had when was the last fight we've had When have we had Gary to call a special called deacons meeting where me and you and Bill and and Steve had to sit down because something was just going on and we had to address it right then? That's happened maybe once or twice since we've been here, right? That's unheard of. I talked with a pastor this past week and he was saying, I'm I'm sick to death of all the meetings. It's just meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. I said, what are you meeting about? He said, well, we have to do this and do that and do that. And we have deacons meetings that last two and three hours. And I was like, why? Why? Well, we have to. I said, no, you don't. I said, it's not even scriptural, man. I said, it's not even scriptural. You know, we we ought to be in unity. And church, we, we have that. But what we're talking about tonight will help us to be more fruitful. Now, we have the unity. Amen? Now, let me ask the question. Do you want to be more fruitful? Because if you want to be more fruitful, we need to pay attention to this and apply it. Amen? But if you don't, y'all can just go to sleep. If you don't want to be more fruitful, if you don't want to do more for Jesus, if you don't want to be more profitable for the kingdom of God, this doesn't apply to you. But unfortunately, it does apply to you. Because this scripture says, everyone, everyone, everyone should be doing this. So what is it? Number one, hold your finger up, Cameron, hold your finger up. Number one. Amen. Avoid foolish debates. I'm addressing it, honey. I'm addressing it. She, she gets on to me about this all the time. Craig, you paying attention? This applies to you too, man. I mean, it, it, this hits me in the heart. This applies to you too. Because you like the debate. I like the, I, I like the debate. There's other, others of you who like the debate. We like a good fight. But Titus tells us here, he says, avoid foolish debates. Now, center in on the word foolish, okay? And when we can't say that that's a relative term. So we have to address foolish debates. What's a foolish debate? Now this can and should be taken as a whole because I can tell you firsthand that engaging in foolish debates does not harm. Does, does more harm to you than it does the person you are trying to persuade that you're debating. It does. It does you more harm than good, Craig. It does you more harm than good. It does me. It does more. I, Amy will come home sometimes, and y'all listen. We we've been together. 32 years. 32 years. Mr. Mr. Crawford, we still have a while to catch up. We do. 32 years. The woman can tell when I'm in a good mood and when I'm in a bad mood. She can tell by the way I pick up my fork or my spoon or I pick up my glass whether something is wrong with me. And it doesn't, you know, whether I, I try to mask it or not, I'll say, oh, no, honey, I'm okay. No, you're not. Gary, does Angie ever do that to you? No, you're not. What's wrong? Now, there have been occasions where i'm I'm really okay and she's just misread me, but nine times out of ten she's right she what have what have you done that's the next question what what have you done <laughs> well I, you know I, I was on so and so I, and I was talking to this person why 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 do you even do it why why do you even bother a useless Debate. Avoid foolish debates. If a person has their mind made up on any given topic, it does not matter how much logical information you try to give them on any specific information. You might even be giving them scriptural information that you try to give them. They are not going to listen or be changed. When you realize that a person does not want to be persuaded by the truth. The debate is over. And guess what we need to do as Christians according to what Paul is teaching us tonight? Walk away. Walk away. Now, I have learned this, and y'all might not agree with me. You know, there there have been times when people I have been speaking with, there was an individual that I'm related to one time, we were on a hot debate about uh, women preachers. Okay. And she came up to me, and she was just, y'all, she was borderline nasty. She said, I I just, I saw what you Southern Baptists decided at one of your conventions. And I want you to know that I don't know where y'all get off saying that women aren't great preachers. And she took the whole conversation out of context. Y'all know that's that's what they do. And I I looked at my relative, and I said, listen. I said, I want to admit something to you. She said, what? Because she thought, I mean... I said, there are some women that can preach me under the table. I, you know, I've, I've seen some of them. I mean, they, they, are, they are, you know, more educated. They know more Scripture. They, they can quote Scripture. I mean, they can preach me under the table. See? She said, see? I said, but there, there's only one problem with it. She said, what's the problem? I said, according to Scripture, women are not qualified to be preachers. Right? You know, the the debate was over. At that point, for a person who is logical, right? The debate's over. I mean, I could point them to First Timothy. I could point them to Titus. I mean, it's easy. The debate's over. They didn't want the debate to be over, Courtney. Well, I'll just and this is what you do, Craig. You let. I mean, listen. This is what you do. And I don't know if this is you know right. Amy will tell me later. (laughs) You look at them. And you say, listen, you have the right to be wrong. You have a blessed day. I'm going to stand with Scripture. You stand on your opinion and what you think. I'm going I'm I'm to stand on Scripture. You, listen, darling, honey, sweetie, booger pie, honey, sugar lump. You have the right to be wrong. It's okay. And you smile. And you walk away. Listen, th- that, that will do more for you and towards them than anything else. It really will. Now, I mean, I, I have used that logic on some people, and it's come back and hit me square, square between the eyes. Well, I'm not wrong, blah, 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 blah. And, they, you know, and a whole nother page and a half. And Amy somehow gets in, you know, she sees what's going on, and she says, if you engage one more time, don't you engage? Leave it alone. Drop it. so Paul that's enough (laughs) Paul first says avoid (coughs) foolish debates now listen I'm going to grant my wife a wish here she's not asking but I'm going to grant her a wish here I know many times Craig you do too I know many times when I see something and I see where they're going Brother, I see. I, you ain't got don't just don't even bother. But sometimes I do, Craig. I mean, I do. I mean, I, I know, I know that I shouldn't. And the Holy Spirit is, is Maggie saying, son, don't, don't do it. Oh Lord, your, your wife's gonna be home in 15 minutes. Don't do it. Don't do it. But I do it anyway. Sometimes I do. Craig, you've seen it happen. I mean, I do. And it's crazy. And listen, sometimes I'll do it, and I'll I'll hope and pray, God, please, I hope some other Christians watching this response and seeing what this person just said, Lord, I'm not going to say anything else, because Amy said not to say anything, I'm not going to say anything else. But I pray, Lord God, I pray that some other person's going to see it, and they'll blow them out of the water. But see, I wouldn't even have that thought process, Dan, if I would just avoid foolish debate. Honey, I need to avoid foolish debate. I I do. You're right. Did y'all hear that? Angie Page, you hear that? Write it down. Honey, you are right. I know. Okay. <laughs> Secondly, Scripture tells us tonight, Paul tells us tonight, he says, avoid, hey, hey, you need to pay attention. Okay. Avoid genealogies. Paul said avoid genealogies. Now, wh- we need to ask here, who is it that took so much stock in genealogies in the first place? Who was it? The Jews. Did Jesus know that? Jesus knew how much stock. Now, Eve, pay attention to this. You're going to like this, girl. You're going to like this. Jesus knew how much stock that the Jews put into genealogies. Right? So we have, we have as we look at the Old Testament, we, we have... Seventeen historical books. How many poetical books? Five. And we have how many historical books in the the Old Testament? Seventeen. So it's 17, 5, 17. The last prophetical book is the book of Malachi. Between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew is how many years? Four hundred years. It's called the 400 years of silence. It's also called the what? inter period where God is still at work, right? At the very opening of the New Testament, Matthew is the first person. He's not necessarily... Who, who do they think wrote the first gospel? Mark. But somehow, someway, the book of Matthew is the first book in the New Testament after 400 years of silence. And guess what it starts off with? Genealogies. A list of genealogies. So and so, we got 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 so and so. It's a list of genealogies. Guess who the book of Matthew was written to? The Jews. The Jews. But tonight, Paul is saying avoid genealogies, pointing right to the Jews. And the reason the Jews clung to this is because the closer you could place yourself to Abraham, the further your standing would be in the temple. And for men, the closer you could place yourself to Abraham, the more special privileges you would have in the temple. This was a vain and arrogant issue to engage with with anybody. Especially in sight of God choosing to use Peter, Andrew, James, and John who are verbally called out in Scripture by the Jews as uneducated fishermen. God will use who he chooses. No need to argue about genealogies any longer. They do not give you any special privileges. As a matter of fact, listen, I have to insert this. I love this. This is so good. There is only one Jew to this day who can, who can trace his genealogy all the way back to Abraham. And not, listen, 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 he don't even stop at Abraham. He can trace his genealogy all the way back to Adam. You know who it is? Jesus, Jesus. So when the Jews are standing around talking about, well, I, I'm, I'm the greatest amongst you all, because I, I can, I can, I can trace my genealogy all the way back to Jacob. It's not all the way sure, all the way back to, to Abraham. I can go all the way back to Jacob. Listen, no, it's not. You're not the greatest Jew. The greatest Jew is Jesus Christ. The one you deny is your Messiah. I've got to remember that one. I, whoo, 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 that's good. But he says, avoid genealogies. Number three, all right, women, Courtney, Jonathan, I'm glad you're here tonight, sir. He says this, avoid quarrels in general. No, no quarrels. When does it look, I mean, what, what does it look like when people see, all people see is, is you Arguing would people be excited about joining your group, whatever it was, whether it was church or whatever it is, would would they be excited about joining your group if all they saw were disputes and arguments? No. No. Absolutely not. I've never heard one person say, listen, I was a member at at Southside Baptist Church. There's one of those here, but y'all, I'm just saying it off the cuff, all right? I, I was a member of Southside Baptist Church in Germany. Let, let's just take it out of the country, all right? I was a member of Southside Baptist Church in Germany. And listen, some of the greatest times in my spiritual life was when I walked in the sanctuary and you could feel the presence of people bickering. You could just see it as soon as you walked in the front door. You could see the expressions on people's faces as they were communicating with each other. I, I mean, really? Really? Is anybody drawn to arguing? Arguing in general. I, my wife will agree with this. I know she will. I hope she will. I, I don't. I don't argue. I don't like arguing. I really don't. As a matter of fact, there there more time than than off. off you know, when when she gets upset with me, I, I'll back down a lot of times just because I don't want to argue. You know, I learned a long time ago. Ken Hill wrote a book called A Hill Worth Dying on, and, and every argument's not worth dying over. It's not. Now, there are times when she, she jumps in with both boots and she's ready to argue, and I'm just like, Really? You want to argue? She'll say, Really? You want to argue? No. <laughs> no, but we, we, we'll, we'll have some knockdown dragouts. We really will. And you know who wins? Nobody. Nobody. You don't win. Nobody, nobody wins, because here's what happens in my house. I don't know what it happened, what it's like in your house. I really don't. But this is what happens, in my house. Stanley, listen to this. And this is the truth. F- you know, 15 minutes after I blow, I mean, I just blow. I, I mean, I do. A pow, I mean, just every, I'm just. I'm done. I'm 15 minutes. I'm done. So what do you want? Let's go get something. To eat. You shut your stupid mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. So I'll, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll sleep in the recliner. I'll go and sleep in Emily's room. You have never slept. <laughs> I'll sleep in Emily's room. And I'll think in the morning, well, I, you know, it, 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 everything's fine. And she'll be, you know, getting up and getting ready. And I'll, I'll fix her coffee or breakfast or whatever. And, and I'll go and I'll kiss her on the neck. You need to leave me alone. I mean, it, 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 it takes her longer than it does me. And I mean, that's the truth, doesn't it? Isn't it? I mean, sometimes there, there has been times in our 27 years, there were times where it's been like a week. I just shut my mouth and I didn't say anything. Because this is what, this is what would happen, Dan. It wouldn't, once that argument, is, and it's still fresh on their mind, it, you know, have y'all ever, when I was a kid, I mean, everybody played, you know, well, I can't say that. I'm not going to say, ooh, no, I can't say that. But when there's a fire, if it's still smoking, do y'all know y'all can blow on, just just blow on that that and and throw some pine needles on it and you know blow on it just a little bit and guess what happens? I mean it it comes back to fire. So something little, I just you know stay away, just avoid it. But but Paul says, listen, avoid avoid disputes. Quarrels in general, just just avoid them, honey. Just avoid them. Don't get mad. They made a commercial about that years ago. Y'all remember that? Don't get mad. Get, get glad. That's exactly right. Get glad. So Paul says, avoid quarrels in general. Number three. Number three. And I, let me tell you. Let me let me before I move on. Let me tell you. Can I tell y'all why I can't stand arguing? Because my parents. I lit, oh gosh, y'all, I, we talked about this last night with a couple we, we went off with. My mom and dad, they were horrible. Y'all, they were horrible. Horrible. I, I remember one year my, my parents, my mom asked me, she said, sweetie, what do you want for Christmas? I said, for you and daddy to get a divorce. It was bad. Y'all, it, it was bad. I mean, they would cuss each other. I mean, words that, I mean, I don't even know if they were in the dictionary back then. Just cuss I mean and strings, not just one cuss word, but like eighteen cuss words in a row, just I, it, it was horrible, and I, I mean I, I learned okay I, I, I don't want that I don't want that, okay, so avoid quarrels in general. number four, he says, avoid disputes about the law. Well, as we read through this, brother Frank, we're like well we're christians we're, we're you know, the Old Testament is a, a covenant or agreement under the law the new testament is a covenant or agreement under grace so we're christians we're new testament christians we're blood-brought children of the king that really doesn't apply to us i mean the law the law doesn't you know avoid disputes about the law again who is it that are constantly bringing up arguments concerning the law the jews the jews but church, but we can make this point relatable as different denominations use traditions just as the Jews did within their churches the very same way the Jews were trying to regulate Christianity with the law. What, what do you do? We, we, we have friends who who were, were Lutheran. I'm not a Lutheran. I was a Lutheran before I got saved. Okay? I attended a Lutheran church before I got saved. The people who live down the street for us wanted to go to their child's baptism. I didn't want to go, but Amy wanted to go, and to avoid an argument, Angie, I went, walked in the front door. Hunter Hardy is now a child of God. And I looked at her, I said, no, he's not. He's a baby. No, he's not. You know what we're supposed to do? Avoid arguments about the law. Avoid them. So you're you're not supposed to tell them they're wrong? Well, yeah, yeah if they ask you but if they don't ask you guess what you do you keep your mouth shut That's what, you know why because it's none of our business if somebody wants to cling to the law and think that they're saved through the law if they don't ask us we don't have to condemn them we don't have to say anything to them at all as a matter of fact Paul tells us to avoid disputes concerning the law right thank you Dan you're awake Number five, Paul says, "All of these things I have told you to avoid are unprofitable and worthless. We have no business spending time on anything that is worthless." The best advice that we, that, that when we encounter any of these issues, Paul is telling us and the early church to avoid is to just walk away, smile. And walk away. Right, Becky? Just look. And so you don't even have to look. You can close your eyes. Look, y'all practice with me. Do I say. <laughs> and just walk away. Really. It's not worth our time. It is not. It's not worth our time. I'm getting it, honey. Church, I love verse... 10 and 11. Cameron, you need to pay attention to this. This might become your favorite verse because you're, you, know, you love baseball. Okay? You ready? I love verse 10 and 11. Look at, <clears throat> look at verse 10. Verse 10 and 10 says, Reject a divisive person after a first and second warning. Right? After a first and second Warning. Knowing that such a person is perverted and sins being self-condemned. Y'all with me? Dessie, you with me? Now I have to tell you that I've been putting uh, verse 10 into practice before I even read this. I I really have. I call it, Cameron, guess what I call it? Guess what I call this rule? What 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 I mean? But come on, be more specific. It's called the what sport? The baseball rule. That's what I call it. The baseball rule. Hey, this may very be where the rules of baseball originated from, son. It it might might could be. A person gets two warnings, right? There's a strike. And look, Cameron. I I look. watch, This is a strike. So how do they register that in the book? Yeah, yeah. but no, what, what what do they write down in the book? No, 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 no. Come on, Cameron. Yeah, what kind of K? It's an upside down K because you're caught looking, right? Yeah. So the second time, strike two. But after strike two, listen, a person gets two warnings. And then... You don't have to deal with a divisive person any longer. It does not mean that you you can be mean or slander them, but it means that you do not have to tolerate their foolishness anymore. We have scriptural permission to not deal with people's foolishness. Praise, <laughs> praise you God, Jesus, thank you. So listen, y'all, y'all, y'all need. Christmas is coming up, y'all. Really, you need to underline this scripture and take it with you when you're going to visit family. You, You do. Can you think of at least one family member that this verse applies to? I can. I can. On both sides of the family. Really? What, what do you mean? When a person is divisive and just, I mean, just drives you absolutely bananas, you need to give them a warning. Or, or just give, you know, say, okay, that's, that's one. A warning, yeah. Next time. It might be ten minutes. It might be two minutes. It might, not, it might, it might be just consecutive. One. Okay, that's a one. Oh, oh that guy, there's a two. Bam, there's your three. I, I think I told my Wednesday night class this the other day, I, I, I think I've been on Facebook for since we were in Kentucky. Yeah, you do. Don't be sassy. <laughs> for a long time. Angie, I, I, I've ne- I mean, there's only been three people, three or four people that I've kicked out. I mean, I, I unfriended them. Just poop, poop. I mean, I, I want to try, try and minister. I really do. I, I want to. But there was this one guy, and this was, this was just in the last six months. He came out of nowhere. He was a, a, a guy that, I mean, we went to school with. And he was, he was a little strange back then. He was. Uh, but he just comes out of nowhere. And I'll make, I'll make a, you know, a comment. And he makes just just crazy, crazy comments. And I, and I thought, dude, and I wrote underneath it, man, it's so good to see you after all these years. I don't like your comment. That's a one. <laughs> Craig, I did it. I really did. You might have seen it, man. I did. And, you know, then we had some other, you know, interactions. He saw that I was a pastor, and he, he put some positive things under, you know, an inspirational quote that I had, and... And I was like, okay, well, maybe I just misread this guy. I just, you know, Trey, I mean, I've been wrong before. Hadn't I, sweetie? I've been wrong before. And it was like the next day. The next day I, I posted something. And y'all, he just, it was just, and I was like, dude, it's really good seeing you. And I, I, I appreciate you giving me your thoughts here. That's a two. And I listen, after I put the two, Angie, I don't think he understood what I said when I put that's a one. I really don't. And then he comes back. He understands what the two means now. He, he gets it. I know he gets it because he said something about me saying that's a number two. And I said, man, it's been good to catch up with you. That's a three. See ya. And, 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 I, and I'm going to tell you, it felt good. Yeah. It felt so good, Craig. Okay, you unfriend people? <laughs> oh no, you, <laughs> <now you're laughs> yeah. But it, it felt good. And listen, it's called the baseball rule. That's how we need to apply our life. Listen, if we will apply that to so many areas in our lives, our, our, our you know, not you can't do it with your marriage, y'all. That does not. You cannot do that with your marriage. You cannot. It does not apply to your marriage. Scripture says that you're, you know, it's it's life. It's a lifer. You're a term lifer. Okay? But in every other aspect of your life, this applies to your children. (laughs) That's a one. Look here. And I and I've, I've done this, I, you know, every, every umpire has their different ways. I used to love watching crazy umpires, didn't you, Cameron? I mean, when they, they, they wouldn't just say, that's strike one. I mean, they'd wait and they'd go, strike one! And it's like, I've learned, listen, I've learned, listen, y'all, y'all make, be creative with this. I mean, usually with, with the one, I'll go, man, that's a One. Two, I want to be a little more emphatic. I, just, I do like this. I do like this. That's a two. That, that's a two. And really, when you hit three, you don't even have to say three. I mean, you're just, just done. You're done. I love you, Paul. This is good advice. Listen, we need to take care. Do you know how, much gr- how great our lives would be if we would apply this to our lives? We, we allow so much stupidity to take place in our lives. If we would just apply this, just think, I mean, Eve, that's a great method, isn't it? It really is. Girls, guys, listen. Guys, when you're, when you're dating a girl or girls, when you're dating a guy, use this at first because you're not married. Once you're married, it doesn't work. It can't apply it. But while you're dating, it works. It really does. Griffin, do you have a girlfriend right now? You do? <laughs> Gary, do you know about that? <laughs> you just found out. You just found out yourself. Okay, well, go, look, Griff, as you're dating this girl, I mean, you're going to find out a lot of stuff about her. You really are. And, and as you're dating her, I mean, you, you just, I mean, when she says something, you're just like, you know, uh, I like the Miami Dolphins. Whew, that's a one. <laughs> My second favorite team is the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, God, that's a two. It's almost a three. Right? But, I mean, you use the, it, it, our lives would be so much better if we would, Brother Kyle, you're spending a lot of time there. I'm, this is good, y'all. This is good stuff. Okay. Alright, okay, I see where I am. Verse 12 and 13, are Paul's calling on specific people to do certain things. So y'all, y'all can go back and read that. Verse 14 is Paul compelling Titus to help believers be prepared for unexpected things that arise in ministry. Do y'all know that unexpected things do arise in ministry? But they do. And we as a church need to, be, need to be flexible. We need to be able to meet the people's needs and we need to be flexible, right? We really do. I don't know if I ought to do this because golly, but I'm going to do it anyway. <clears throat> we had a business meeting this past Wednesday night and it covered July and August. July. Ju- yeah, July and August uh, expenditures. Nobody in the business meeting brought up the fact that we didn't have a special called business meeting to have the air condition that broke over here fixed. Because it was, how much was it? It was $15,000? $13,000. What, 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 what do you mean? If it's broke, fix it, right? Right? Yeah. Why is that such a big deal? Well, let me tell you, and not, not so long past, it was a big deal. Both air conditioners, there were four, uh, uh, five-ton units uh, cooling the, air, the, the sanctuary. Now, we have, I think, two 10-ton ten, ten units doing this sanctuary. Okay, okay. Go out. I made a call. The person that we call to do all our air conditioning, just, just like we have. Our church uses one man, Mike Strickland, to do all our, all our needs, right? Over there, I called, Donna, air conditioning was out. We were getting ready to have a, a big, I think it was revival or you know, homecoming or something. In two weeks, we need to have it fixed. And since the middle of the summer, hey, listen, it might take two weeks just to get somebody to come out there and look at it and say, yep, it's broken, right? So I called our guy. He came out there and he fixed it. Put two new two units in. Oh, they about ran me off. We didn't have a special called business meeting. Wh- what? And I looked at the person and I said, Well, what, what, will we, what will we have talked about? Well, we needed to vote whether we were going to put them in or not. I said, So you're saying we needed to vote whether we were going to fix the air conditions or not? Well, yeah. And at this point, he realized how stupid he was when he said that. Yeah, we should have voted. I was like, Okay, oh my gosh. Glory to God. But we, we are to, to be prepared. Paul says we need to be prepared for unexpected things that happen in the ministry. Do you know that, that, that this church, we are prepared to handle unexpected things that happen in the ministry? You know what it's called? If you look at the, the line item in our business report, in, in the, the, the report, do you know what it's called? Mm-mm. The Jerusalem Fund. The Jerusalem Fund. Now, the deacons and myself and... and uh, uh, Deborah and uh, Huh? Who? Diane? No. Becky. I couldn't say Becky. But, you, know, we're, we're, you know, when somebody comes and there's a need, we're, we, we bounce things off each other. We don't just make knee-jerk reactions, but when, when something happens in our community, we need to be able to be prepared for unexpected things. And that's what the Jerusalem Fund is for. Amen. And that's what Paul's saying. He says you need to be prepared for unexpected things that happen in the ministry always. Now we have certain measures set in place that we can help people that are in urgent need without calling an emergency business meeting. Last thing, verse 15. Paul is just you know he's he's giving acknowledgments. Verse 15 he says this. He says all those who are with you, uh, with, uh, are with me. Greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with all of you. Amen. Amen. Church, what Paul asked Titus to preach to the church should not be a shock to us. All of what we talked about tonight, it shouldn't be a shock to us. We should desire to be more like Jesus every single day. Are your actions helping or hurting the church with the spread of the gospel message? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your message. We pray that you would be with us right now as as we consider everything that we've heard. Help us, Lord, to to understand who you are and what you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, with all your heads bowed and all eyes closed, if you need to come and just spend some time at the altar, will you come?